So guys, no news bits today, but what we're talking about today is with this lovely woman right here, Carrie Ann Campos, we're talking about the blood of Christ and what that means and why we're not even hearing about it much today taught. And we should, because there's a lot with it. Stay tuned for this and more on Self-Evident Podcast. Guys, welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. You got Massey. You don't have Mike, though, and I'll tell you why. Because every once in a while, we need some beauty. And Mike and I are just brutes. Got to have some beauty with the beast, you know what I mean? So my wife is joining us today. She actually brought up this topic last week about uh, the, the blood of Jesus, and she kind of said to me, I'd like to do this podcast with you. And we also, this is Monday's podcast. You should check out Fridays as well if you have not done so. It's going to be a stinking awesome. So you want to go on there, theselfevidenttruth.com. You guys can find out more about our ministry. Also, too, we have a new text-to-give option. I don't have that graphic up right now, but we'll get it up on the next one. Uh, the the, the, the text-to-give is such a great option for us because it's quicker and all those other things. So you're going to want to check that out. Go on our website. We'll have a QR code as well. You guys can do that. What? Post a graphic in the thread comments. Oh, we can do that. Yes. See, that's that's another reason she's here. Because I'm not always thinking of that crap. I don't, social media is not my Bailey Wick. It's not my thing. So guys, go ahead and comment below where you're from. Uh, what made you tune in? Why'd you do it? If you hate us, great. Comment it. We get it all the time. Doesn't matter, especially when you're trying to do the right thing. So you, my damn, my damn. My I'm, damn. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> my bad. You made wow. My phone. I I, I should have had it on silent. My bad. Th- so she brought up this topic of the blood of Jesus, and she was asking about, "Have you thought about it this way?" And some scenarios that happened in in our life that you were like, "Okay, I want to really kind of hone in on this," and we were kind of on a really good train. So go ahead and share with me your heart. Share with all of us thine heart. Yeah. So I we have. Um, I've asked if I could share this story. And she said yes. So we have friends at church, Bob and Laura, whose grandson, Caleb, um, passed away in August from a drug overdose. And, you know, through a series of unfortunate, horrific things, got him caught up into drug addiction. And, you know, he was saved, baptized, you know, professed Jesus, claimed Jesus to be his savior. And he went into rehab, got out, went to Bob and Laura's, stayed there, I believe one or two nights, a very short period, went, snuck out, got high and overdosed and died. And, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to actually like watch somebody grieve and like take the weight of that and how it changes the whole dynamic of their lives and then it's another thing to be like, let the Holy Spirit and the Lord burden your heart in prayer for that person. And so I early on felt this burden in prayer for Laura, you know, like in those moments, and I think we all know people in moments like this, they need somebody to stand in the gap for them. Like, Lord, pour out your spirit on them, comfort them, touch them, get under the weight of grief with them, carry it for them. And so I began to pray and be burdened for Laura. And I don't even know. I think it was maybe September, October time. I um, 
was driving and listening to this song that I had on had on repeat for like three weeks. And that's how I work. If I find a song, it's literally ask him. It's literally on repeat for three weeks every single day. And then it's every morning. <laughs> I'm not kidding. When they're like, I'll come, uh, I'll wake up in the morning early. She'll get up. And that song is immediately on. Yeah. So, if, yeah. So it's, it's on repeat. And then once I get sick of it, like I won't listen to it again for like two years. You know, true. I mean? but that's that's true. So I'm consistency. Yeah. So I was listening to the song called The Blood is Still the Blood by Chandler Moore. I was driving and all of a sudden I feel like the Lord like gripped my heart and I'm like driving and I'm like crying, like <laughs> like you know, like driving, like trying, <laughs> feeling pulled into intercession, feeling gripped in my heart through this song for Caleb that the blood is still the blood, even in our darkest hour, the blood is still the blood. And um, so, you know, I quick send the song to Laura and I'm at her house maybe a few weeks later and we're talking about how she's talking about sharing how when Caleb passed that she struggled almost to the point of torment with that concept of did he go to heaven because he died in what we would call active sin. And she said that she actually... Bob had to call Pastor Todd and like yeah, Todd she walked struggled. Her, she struggled with walked her through mm-hmm. this to give her some peace because it was tormenting. Like, did he go to heaven? And um, that all stemmed from this messaging that we get so often in the body of Christ, especially with holiness type churches preaching repentance. We're all for that. Clearly, we are for holiness and repentance. But this messaging that comes with that type of um, church, pastors, leadership, is if you sin once, once, or if you're saved, truly saved, you won't have the desire to sin. If you're saved, if you're truly saved, salvation brings transformation. So we're like, if you're truly saved, you're not going to struggle with drug addiction. You're not going to struggle at all. And it's that messaging that we heard. We grew up, got saved in a cult. Heard all the time things like the verse in Hebrews, Hebrews if uh, you sin willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for your sins. I can't tell you how many times we heard that in, in an effort to call out our sin to prove that somehow we didn't know salvation yet. Okay. And Can so I, her struggle stemmed from that type of message. Right, right. So go with that. That same scripture. Let me just bring it into context. If you read that scripture, Pastor Todd did a whole sermon on this. But even part of this specific scripture in the chapter or in the book of Hebrews, um, salvation is mentioned like six times. But here it doesn't say anything about salvation. It says, if you continue to sin willfully after you receive the knowledge of the truth, not after you receive salvation, Mm. after you receive the knowledge of truth, in other words, his sacrifice, you got the message of repentance and you don't repent of your sin, you go on willfully sinning. There's no more sacrifice. The blood of Jesus cover it. Right. When he says there remaineth no more sacrifice or there's no more sacrifice, what what he's saying there is there's no other way for me to tell you to come to Jesus. If you can't see him crucified, like I've just explained to you, the blood, uh, the cross, the nails, the crown of thorns, Mm -hmm. there's nothing else I can do to set you free. Because in 1 John, it contradicts this if you're looking at it as a salvation message. In 1 John, he says, if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Right. So it's not talking about salvation. It's talking about after the gospel has been preached and you don't repent— there's no more sacrifice for you. There's no more right. like, there's, there's no other better, sacrifice. No round two, no second plan there's no, B. There's no better sacrifice yeah. than this is yeah. what he's saying. Right, right. But no, it was explained to us. If you keep sinning after, you've, after you're saved, you're done. 
Right. That's just bull. Right. Because it's a sanctified walk. Right. And I think, and that's my, our, my whole heart in this message is how many of us as Christians have had that message ingrained in us. And what it made me think about, and, you know, Laura and I are talking about this song, that the blood is still the blood. And it made me think about how that messaging makes us think so little and almost diminish the raw, tangible power of the blood. If I can sin and it removes my salvation, then what we're essentially saying is my sin is more powerful than the blood. And then somehow Caleb's drug addiction was more powerful than the blood. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's right. And I, you know, and I'm like thinking of all these, I'm not thinking, I feel like the Holy Spirit is bringing all this revelation to my heart about that's this good. in that salvation is one thing. Sanctification, which is being freed from sin, is a whole separate thing entirely. Or being made free from sin. Yeah. yeah. Being set free, made free from sin. It's a t- they're two completely different things. They are. And so I'm like thinking in this concept. So if somebody gets saved on a day in January, God begins to convict their heart on a day in September of their addiction. He delivers them freely. They get set free on a day in November. You and I would say, and everyone, every legalistic Christian would say, well, were they saved in January? Yes, of course they were. Mm-hmm. That's good. So how how does it work then if they were saved in January and they die from that drug addiction in August? Were they not saved then in January? Oof, that's so good. Because sanctification, I'm sorry, salvation and sanctification are two completely separate things. And what we do in the body of Christ and in this holiness-type repentance movement, we often lump the two together and we say, because we're not fully sanctified, somehow we're not fully saved. That's so good. And can, can and I? And they're just, sorry, they're two completely separate things. Where this is a one-time occurrence, accepting the blood of Jesus, sealed repenting, by the Holy Spirit, sealed by the Holy Spirit, and this sanctification is a lifelong work. It re- and this does not affect this. This affects this, right? And it moves us into this. But sanctification does not remove your salvation I think too, or lack of it. Because I want to bring this to around, and I want you to explain it, because I want to hear your take on it. But sometimes we think so little of the blood. Like, yeah. we don't, like, think about the blood. We don't, we don't apply it. And Charles Spurgeon had a quote on it. He said, There are some preachers who do not preach about the blood of Jesus, and I have one thing to say to you concerning them. Never go to hear them. Never listen to them. A ministry that is not uh, does not have the blood in it, it is lifeless, for the blood is the life thereof, and the dead ministry is no good to anybody. Mm. So what he's saying here is the blood is so much more powerful than we give it credit for. We just think it's shed blood, remission of sins. It is so much more powerful than that. It is constantly cleansing us to those yeah. that repent. And when I'm thinking about Caleb, you're not talking about going out and, and destroying grace. You're not talking about right. you know doing those things. The, okay. the, the struggle yes. with Caleb, and, and if I'm understanding what you're saying, because I think it's right, he struggled with this. He mm-hmm. wasn't like just wanting to do it. Like right. that's why he went to rehab. That's why yeah. he was trying to find help. That's why he went to go live with Bob and Laura. Bob yeah. and Laura. There was a struggle in him that's like, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. I've been there, dude, with mm-hmm. a, a certain addiction. I've talked about the addiction I had. I was there. It's like, I don't want to, but this flesh. And then I had to read those scriptures of, 
uh, the, the flesh wars against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And you read scriptures like the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What are you giving yourself into? Mm-hmm. If this kid hadn't been discipled that way, he's going to fall into the flesh. Mm-hmm. And at that point, do we say, wow, he, did, he wasn't saved, he wasn't this? Or should we point the finger to ourselves and say we weren't discipling? I'm talking about the church, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That we should have been there to disciple. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying we could do that with everybody, but he does say go into all the world. Mm-hmm. And I challenge Christians on this a lot, especially our men, because we do the men's ministry. Who have we discipled this month? Like, who are we taking under our wing? Who are we mm-hmm. responsible for in the faith, right? right? So you're not saying go out there and lewdly sin because mm-hmm. the blood is so much more powerful, right? Well, you're saying... Right, and that's what this... Because in response to this, and we heard in the call, like, you can't preach these type of messages and leave it at the simple blood and love of Jesus because then you're essentially saying you're endorsing and saying people can go out and sin and live like the devil and still be saved. It's not what's being said. That's not at all what's being said. And that's not at all what the blood of Jesus does. Because the blood of Jesus will cause you to want sanctification. Holiness. Holiness. The raw love of Jesus will cause you to want that. And that's where that fine line of just because it's not in the fully complete of that sanctification does not mean that your heart doesn't long for it. Just because we don't see the fullness of sanctification and deliverance in Caleb did not mean that the blood of Jesus didn't put that longing in him. Do you get what I'm saying? And so we see the one-dimensional view of his death from drug addiction, and we say, not we, Christians say, this holiness preaching say, well, he wasn't he wasn't saved because his salvation didn't produce a longing for sanctification. And that's yeah. just, I don't even know what to say what it is. Well, think about <laughs> it like this. Think about it like this analogy, because I think this is good. You think about, there's, there's two types of plates. Like in our cabinet, we have the plastic plates. We have the, the nice plates. Mom is always on, use the paper plates. Why are we doing dishes? <coughs> and it's not when about When he why. says we have the nice plates, I'm like, yeah, that's the paper plates. It's nice for me. That's just I don't have to do the dishes. Yes. So I'm talking about the plates that we put out for people, blah, 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 right? You think about sanctifying. Sanctifying is the washing and the regeneration of that plate once we've used it, right? There are vessels to honor and vessels to dishonor. Mm-hmm. The vessels to dishonor are not the ones you're going to put out when you have guests coming over, right, that you want to host a really nice night for. The consecrated or the sanctified dish is what you want. Consecration then means I set those dishes apart from the paper dishes. In other words, let me read you the definition of consecration first and sanctification. You'll understand. Consecration in Webster's 1828 says this. A consecration is the act or ceremony of separating separating from a common to sacred use. Commonality or like China. I put away China plates. I set that thing apart for a special purpose, a special use, right? Now watch this. He says, consecration does not make a person or thing really holy. It declares it to be sacred. The sanctifying and the washing and the blood makes it holy. My job then is to make that holy thing set apart. I use it for special purposes, special works, like Christ says in the Bible. Sanctifying is the washing of something. So what you're saying is, salvation had already passed. I believe on the the sacrifice Mm -hmm. and the blood of... I believe what he did. I believe he rose Mm -hmm. again for me. I believe he defeated death and hell at the cross. I believe now that I'm baptized, I am in the fold of Christ. Yeah, That's done. That's set apart. I am done. I am his. I'm sealed. Holy Spirit. 
now the work of regeneration begins. That's why he keeps reminding us in Colossians and stuff, set your affection on things above. Don't set your affection on things mm -hmm. on earth. Uh, like we talk about Romans 8. Those, are, those who, whose minds are on the things of the flesh do the things of the flesh. Those that are after the spirit, they do the things of the spirit. Uh. It's a constant war and a battle. And that's why I believe, especially with Caleb, there was a constant war and battle going on in his heart. And you don't have that if you don't have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So how can you be assured of salvation? I'll say this. The more you struggle against sin, not with sin, but against it, I think, that's how you know you're his. Like, there's something in me that's saying this is wrong, and I'm struggling with it, and I can't mm -hmm. get rid of it. I need Jesus. I need all these things. And you've been through this. We've been through this. Mm -hmm. The more we've cried out against it, God's delivered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, that it literally is that, like, the crying out against sin. And it was there was a quote that when the pain of not changing becomes worse than the pain of changing, Ooh. that's when you'll change. Like and I Harold? think that, was it? Harold? Maybe. But that's what I've always found to be true. Like, you know this conviction of sin. You know you need full-on deliverance that you can't change yourself. And then that's what you cry out for, and God delivers. But I wanted to, like, back up with this whole message is my heart and feeling of the Holy Spirit leading, Lord leading for this message is as Christians, I feel like we need to challenge ourselves to dial everything back and just contemplate, seek, I don't even know what the right word is, the simple, tangible rawness of the blood of Jesus and what it does and what it's for. Like it's literally to cover sin. So, we, you know, when we talked about putting this together and talked about um, Caleb and him not going to heaven because he was committing, you know, died and committing sin, it's like literally that's what the blood is for. And so... I'm not demeaning Bob and Laura at all. I'm demeaning essentially this messaging, the mindset. That, the mindset that somehow the blood of Jesus didn't cover that. And it's like, that's literally what the blood is for. And it challenged me to go back to that simple salvation. Like what is simple salvation? It's the blood of Jesus. That's right. And I think nothing else. Do you think that's why we've produced a lot of orphans? You know, like, you know, the, or, they say the orphan spirit mm -hmm. because we're so afraid to say we screwed up, we screwed up. We should yeah. want to run to the blood. Right. It's there to set me free. It's there to mm -hmm. cleanse my sin. It's there to, Lord, I screwed up. Lord, I'm, you know, when they tell me that they messed up, there's no better feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they trust me with that information. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to get mad at them if they come to me and honestly, I'm like, dude, let me help you. That's literally the blood of Jesus. Yeah. That is literally his mercy. Right. Right. And I think what's so crazy about this message, and I want you to go back to your point. Like, do we value or even understand a breadth of his blood? Mm -hmm. Like what that really means? Yeah. So against sin, it was the wrath. Like the wrath needed a sacrifice mm -hmm. of God. Yeah. The blood came in, but his blood is also mercy against sin. Mm -hmm. It's it's twofold. It's like a double edged sword, mm -hmm. right? It's like the 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 penalty or the price of wrath against wrath, I should say. Right. It's like wrath and mercy met at the cross. I'm that's not right. Trying to be super poetic, but that's really what happened. Is they came together and met at the cross. What? No, I'm just oh, I'm going along with were, it. Well, no, you were no, I'm going along with your point. I think um, you know I'm. You just said we think so little of the raw power of the blood. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? I, to me, I think that we get so caught up. If I can just take away all the salvation, sorry, not salvation. If I can take away all the 
complicated understanding of sanctification. Mm -hmm. right. Take away all the complicated understanding of consecration because it can get complicated in sanctification and how to be delivered and yes. Lord set me free and what we're talking about crying out. If I can take all that away and go back to, again, the raw power of the blood, the first love, the thing that first brought me in, and just fully soak that in and understand that, I feel like that will make this, the difficultness of this in life, easier to understand and easier to walk through. Yeah, I just want to read this. This is uh, Charles Spurgeon in The Blood of Christ. It was a sermon he did, um, <clears throat> and he says this. He's reading Hebrews 9.22, but he says this about this, the suffering and the death. He said, Mark his brow, they have put about a crown of thorns, and the crimson drops of gore are rushing down his cheeks. Wow. But turn aside that purple robe for a moment. His back is bleeding. They lift up the thongs, still dripping clots of gore. They scourge and tear his flesh and make a river of blood to run down his shoulders. This is the shedding of blood without which there's no remission. They fling him to the ground. They nail his hands and feet to a traverse piece of wood. They hoist it in the air. Blood from his head, blood from his hands, blood from his feet. They pierce his side and forthwith running out with blood and water. Mm. Have you ever heard like more? Yeah. Of I was like going to read this quote that you go ahead. put on here. Go ahead. Yeah. And kind of finish this up and round this out. Beloved, it is thought which it is a thought which ought to make the hearts hearts let me start over. <laughs> Beloved, it is a thought which ought to make the hearts leap within us that through Jesus' blood there is not a spot left upon any believer, nor a wrinkle, nor any such thing. O precious blood, removing the hell stains of abundant iniquity, and permitting me to stand accepted in the beloved, notwithstanding all the many ways in which I have rebelled against my God. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Where Can is that from? The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, is it a book? Yeah, it's, oh. Spurgeon. it's Spurgeon. Spurgeon. Uh, it is Spurgeon. Uh, but he says this. I just want you to see this. Oh, precious blood, removing the hell stains of abundant iniquity. Mm -hmm. Abundant mm -hmm. iniquity. Yeah. Abundant nature, this abundant thing that hated him so bad. Mm -hmm. Even daily, I think sometimes we don't think that we still rebel against God because... Yeah. We go to church and do our thing, and we're nice to people. Yeah. <clears throat> in reality, without Jesus, there dwells no good thing in right. you. You know, and it's like, are you cognizant and conscious of His blood has kept me this far? Mm -hmm. It hasn't been me. It hasn't been any of my works. It hasn't been any of that stuff. And then He says this at the end. I just, when you're reading it, it sounds better coming from you. Um, it says this, and permitting me to stand and accepted, stand accepted in the beloved, notwithstanding all the many ways in which I have rebelled against my God. Mm -hmm. so, That's it too, because, I mean, going back to this huge sin that this young man died in, and somehow that takes away his salvation, if, that, if we're looking at sin, and we all know that sin is sin before, mm. Christ, before God, and it all requires the blood, then if this takes his salvation away, then all my little things, and that... <laughs> trying to say my little things, I'm saying all my little sins that still need to be sanctified would take my salvation away too. That's exactly it. And if no one is, is ex exempt from that. Right. If sin is sin. If sin is sin, yeah, and it can remove the blood of Jesus, and then no we, one is exempt from if they died 
and have unrepented, unsanctified sin, they're going to hell. I mean, no one is exempt from that. <laughs> Dude, it's funny because when I had the the the, the pornography addiction, mm. it didn't manifest outwardly. Mm. I wasn't like doing anything lewd or crass or anything like that. Yeah. But you know what manifested heavily? My own pride to rebel against God. Yeah. And, and it manifested so much. You know what started to manifest after that? My anger. You know what started to manifest after that is my jealousy, mm -hmm. my insecurities. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you something. You know what pornography does to a man? It creates an insecurity about his wife. Is she, you know, she could do better than me. She's this and that. You know what I mean? All that stuff was from the enemy. All of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it may not manifest in the outward some sins. Inwardly, it's destroying you. And it's destroying the, your view about the Lord. It's just, so you can't judge an outward sin versus an inward sin. Right. They're both the right. same. They both carry the same weight. Right. We've learned to manipulate in this country to hide things. Mm -hmm. But just because someone does something outwardly, we say, oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? But it's like, dude, you just lied last week. And a liar is an abomination before God. A lying yeah. tongue, it says in Proverbs, yeah. is an abomination before God. What does it say in Revelation 21? All liars have their part in the lake of fire. Revelation, Revelation <laughs> 21, eight, 21, eight. Liars go to hell. Liars go to hell. Burn, burn, burn. Burn, burn. burn. I, sorry, too soon. <laughs> Anyways, we gotta go. This was a great podcast. It was. Uh, what a way to end that, babe. That was. <laughs> we do have to end because we need to start the next one. What time is it? We don't. You don't say that. Because <laughs> this is Mondays. We're supposed to do Fridays live, right? Anyways, guys, go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Check out all the amazing stuff we got going on. We got some new things coming out, like our blogs. Uh, again, we got our new text to give option. We'll put it in the uh, comments down below. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. We're so excited. Please subscribe. Hit the notification bell on YouTube. Uh, go to any other platform. Subscribe to us. Get the latest on what we're doing. We appreciate the prayers, the support, and, every, and all of that. Remember, the blood of Christ is applied to you and can absolve Amen. any single sin. God bless you guys. We will see you Friday.